This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Omicron. There's lots of questions about what this new COVID variant might mean. As much as we might like to ignore it, it's here and it's a thing. In this Squiz Shortcut, we look at what's different about the Omicron variant, what a variant even is, what it might mean for the current crop of vaccines, and vaccination inequality around the world. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. Omicron, Eliza, is a very new thing, but gee, it's got us all talking. It was just a week ago that scientists in South Africa alerted the World Health Organization to this possible new variant. Yeah, it feels like it's been happening at warp speed. Exactly when it came into circulation and how far it spread is unknown, but it was first detected in Botswana in southern Africa. And that word detected is important. As for where it actually originated, there is a suggestion that that was in Botswana, but Botswana itself isn't thrilled about that suggestion. No, and what their health minister says is that the new variant was detected on four foreign nationals who'd entered Botswana on the 7th of November on a diplomatic mission. They tested positive for COVID-19 on the 11th of November, and South African officials say they detected the strain in their country about that time. So Omicron emerged in Southern Africa, but it might not have started there. Yeah, that's right. And it's emerged that the variant was already in the Netherlands a week before South Africa reported the new variant to the World Health Organization. And that was on Thursday, the 25th of November. So recently. From there, South African scientists undertook testing and found it had a new genomic sequence, which means it had different DNA structures than other types of COVID-19. Eliza, we keep hearing about mutations and spike proteins. Yeah, so the spike protein is the part of the virus that latches onto the human body. Think about it spiking into the cell and not letting go. Needless to say, it's the first time that scientists have seen changes to this specific and very important part of the virus. We'll get to the implications of that in terms of the COVID vaccine a little bit later. But first, lots of talk about the name Omicron. The WHO decided to skip past a couple of letters. So Omicron is the 13th variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that's received a Greek designation under the World Health Organization's classification system. So they've skipped over NU and Z. They reckon NU sounds like new and Z is a very common surname. It also happens to be the same spelling of the Chinese president's name Xi Jinping. So the suggestion is that could have been quite the diplomatic challenge. Let's leave that there, though. Back to the virus itself. It doesn't seem to be making people sicker than the original virus. Well, not at this stage, at least. In fact, South African doctors say it's mainly hitting young people, leaving them exhausted and feeling sore with muscle aches. They're not getting so sick, though, that they have to be hospitalised immediately. As we mentioned, it's early days. It's really only been a week since we first heard news about this variant. Scientists are now conducting tests, including whether reinfection is a concern. And that would be quite a thing because you're meant to be immune and have lots of antibodies after you fall ill with a virus. Like we said only been a thing for a week, so there's no firm evidence to support that just yet. One thing we do know is variants are expected and this won't be the last one. So let's get into a bit more about variants now. 
Eliza, what exactly do we mean when we talk about COVID variants? Well, all viruses mutate or change. It means the virus behaves in a significantly different way to the original virus. It becomes known as a variant. I don't think either of us ever thought we'd know so much about viruses. Omicron (laughs) isn't the first one. Let's take a quick sweep through the variants so far, starting with Alpha. That was detected in December 2020. That's what we used to call the UK variant. Beta came around the same time from South Africa. Then it was Gamma from Brazil in January 2021. And then Delta hit with a big surge in cases in India in May. The Delta variant began as a variant of interest in April. And another month later, the WHO upgraded it to one of concern. It spread so fast that testing couldn't keep up with the pace of transmission. We all know about Delta now. We've had months to wrap our heads around it. We've had a week for Omicron. And that could mean that maybe we've learnt the lesson from Delta, Mm. that as soon as abnormalities come in, global alerts need to be issued immediately. Or maybe Omicron is more concerning because it has so many mutations and the nature of the changes that we just discussed earlier around that spike protein. Lots of maybe and might be at this point. People often compare COVID to the seasonal flu or perhaps explain why it's a lot more than the flu. Does influenza, as it's more officially known, have all these variants too? That's what I'm wondering. Well, it does. There's actually four types of influenza, A, B, C and D. It's only A and B that hit humans almost every winter. And the difference with the flu is that it's become an endemic, which means it's confined to a certain region or population or season. That's right. So that's opposed to an epidemic, which sees the spread of a disease between people in an area where it hasn't previously existed. And of course, the pandemic, which I think, unfortunately, all of us are very much across now. Yeah, we know about a pandemic. We're living through it. We also know that vaccines are the best way to guard against serious illness and hospitalisation from COVID-19, but large parts of the developing world haven't yet been vaccinated. Let's have a look at how that's all shaking out now. The World Health Organization, the WHO, the WHO, however you want to refer to them, says the best way to protect against COVID generally is to be vaccinated. Here in Australia, we know vaccination rates are really high. That's not the case across the whole world, particularly in the developing world. No, and at the rate we're going now, it'll take another three months for 75% of the world to have received at least one dose of the vaccine. And since the start of the global vaccination campaign, there's been unequal access to vaccinations and varying degrees of efficiency at getting them into people's arms. Yeah, before March this year, few African nations had even received a single shipment of shots. That compares to the US, where 138 doses have been administered for every 100 people people. And if you look really close at the numbers in our region, 2% of people in PNG have received both jabs. Numbers are actually lowest in Africa as a continent. Just 6% of Africa's 1.2 billion people are vaccinated. In Sudan, just 1.3% are fully vaccinated. And in Botswana, where the Omicron strain was first found, numbers are a lot higher at 19.7%. But still, that is dramatically lower than the West. Of course, officials in the US are calling it the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Eliza, there's supposed to be a plan for this where wealthy countries are meant to be delivering vaccines to the world. That's called COVAX. 
Yes, so COVAX is run by the World Health Organisation under the theory that no one wins the race until everyone wins. That's their tagline. And we're seeing a version of that play out now as the virus grows in very big numbers in Africa, earlier in India with a Delta variant. Safe to say that COVAX has had some teething problems. It estimates it will have delivered 1.425 billion doses by the end of this year, which is significantly less than the 2 billion it was aiming for. And that's due to, as I understand it, a range of problems. Right. Well, so firstly, wealthy countries were buying up a lot of the initial supply of vaccines last year. But it seems the biggest setback occurred in March 2021, when vaccine exports from India were suspended. Now, India is the biggest COVID vaccine manufacturer, but the country chose to keep those doses for domestic use because it was being hit by that really nasty Delta wave. The Indian government, for their part, they say it's met all the orders placed by COVAX so far. They've expressed solidarity with African countries affected by Omicron. Fun fact, Eliza, COVAX is actually co-chaired by an Aussie. That's right, Jane Holton. She used to be the head of the federal health and finance departments. And what she says is that COVAX is also looking to other donors and manufacturers for help. Which is all well and good, but whether these vaccines still work for Omicron really is the million dollar question. And the short answer here is that it seems too early to know right now. Australia's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Paul Kelly, says it'll take another fortnight or so to get definitive advice on that. The biotech companies like Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson are already tweaking their vaccines and they reckon they can get them out in months. So, phew. Phew, indeed. (laughs) In the meantime, the US and the UK are looking at bringing forward their booster shot program. That's right. And just so people know where things are at here in Australia, it's still recommended to wait six months to have a third jab, but that's also under consideration due to Omicron. So we're talking about boosters, Eliza. It occurs to me we're talking about them just after we've said that there aren't even enough vaccines to go around in the developing world. Yeah. And back to Jane Holton and COVAX, they say Omicron is actually a thing because of vaccine inequality and wealthy countries hoarding vaccines because, of course, large unvaccinated populations are where mutations tend to occur. So there's still a lot to shake out. I'm not sure how many questions we've actually been able to answer, but it does give people the lay of the land. It's not a very upbeat place to leave this shortcut, but that is the global context of the pandemic as it stands. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. If you find yourself in one of those conversations, which I have from time to time across particularly the last week, about how many people around the world are actually vaccinated, which countries are doing well, which are doing not so well, whip out the Bloomberg vaccination tracker. That's my recommendation. Yeah, I've been spending some time on there in the last week. Uh, I've actually been looking at a great article from The Atlantic magazine called We Know Almost Nothing About the Omicron Variant. It's got one of the great opening lines. It says, coronavirus has given us a gift that no one, absolutely no one asked for, a new variant of concern. Now, of course, uh, news is moving fast at the moment, but I think it gives you a really good overview. It's pretty level-headed. That's what I enjoyed about that one. That's true. That's all from us. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. As always, not many to go before the end of the year. I think we're all sorted, but always happy to take requests. Hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Enjoy your week. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>